Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Ranked. That's right, the show concept is pretty simple. Me and a guest sit down, we each have a top five list of something important, big, or it could be comically small in the Star Wars universe, and we rank it. The name, the explanation, is all in the title. With me is a very uh, important member here of the Force Center family. Uh, he has also uh, been one of the co-hosts of Jedi Alliance. He is, as the time of this taping, and I'm anticipating at the time of this airing, the reigning and defending movie trivia showdown champion. It is John Roca. Hello, everyone, and thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me on, man. Man, I saw. I uh, we're gonna get you on the Napsack file soon, so uh, I can talk I look about. Look forward to it. I, I could talk about your reign and your climb to the reign of Schmodown, which has <laughs> yes. been one of the uh, the great things. And, and they're doing yeah. that documentary over there, on, yeah. right? From Bespin all, to Destin? Yeah, all humbling. Very humbling, yeah. <laughs> honestly. I know people think i got this big cocky ego. Really, honestly, very, very humbling. You don't yeah. have a cocky ego, John. You just have big feathers. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's and those fair. feathers, those feathers go down, and those feathers come up. They do, and that's all right. That's all right. My feathers, non-existent. Oh no, your feathers are chill. Your what? feathers are subtle, chill, man. Chill, fellows. Yeah, chill, chill, feathers. Chill, chill feathers. <laughs> John, you are, uh, you are, you're a, you're a very multi-talented movie fan. I know yeah, you're a big Star you. Trek guy. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you know, you're Harry Potter very well. Uh, but Star Wars is close to your heart as well. Absolutely. You've man. been on this channel many a times and will be many a times again. And again, one of the official co-hosts of Jedi Alliance for a good time. Yeah, yeah. That was a good time. You, you and Mark did uh, did some uh, great work over there. Yeah. But we're going to we're gonna do some important raking today. Yeah. And I brought you in for a big one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now one of the reasons I brought you in for the big one is, <clears throat> now you and I are both men of a certain age. <laughs> But that means the original trilogy was what brought us here. Yeah. It uh, wasn't Phantom Menace. wasn't Attack of Clones. No. Not Revenge of Sith. Now, Joseph Scrimshaw and I have uh, uh, completed our list, uh, our Star Wars ranked on the, the top five reasons you should re-watch each of the prequel movies. Wow. We're known prequelists. Okay. It was uh, something we wanted to put out there. Just to, hey, here's a second chance. So if you haven't listened to those, go back and listen to that. Hmm. I thought it was only fair that we look at the original trilogy, and you could easily do each movie, and we probably will at some point here. Sure. But I wanted to play some some big-time baseball with you here and go for some big moments. So, John, we are going to be talking about the five most memorable moments in the original trilogy. Yeah. That's big stuff. Massive. When you sent me this email, I was Mm -hmm. like, this is... We're talking three movies, chock full of amazing, dramatic moments, emotional moments, 
powerful moments. First time seeing certain things, certain science fiction stuff on screen. Right. The scope of some of these ships, the scope of the planets, what's right. going on, and also obviously the, the legacy and the saga of this of the Skywalker family. There's so much to explore here. So when you said top five at the end of all three movies, I was like, <laughs> oh man. So I took some time with this one. You know, and it's one of those things too where I started to uh, make my notes and was like, uh, oh, I got this, and yeah. then and then things. You know, things kind of like, well, I can't leave that off. Well, yeah. What about this? And I thought about being a little sneaky and saying, hey, we can't. There's one or two moments I was going to say we can't put on the list. It's like, uh, you know, my favorite band's the Beatles, but yeah. I don't often tell, like, when I fill out a list. It's like, aside from the Beatles. Right, right, here's right. Here's the other five I love. But I said, nah, screw it. Everything's on the table here yeah. because they're they're iconic and memorable for yeah. a reason. So, John, I want you to go first. We'll work okay. five to one. Okay. So, so toss them in an order. Uh, you go, describe it. We'll talk about it, and I'll go to my fifth one. So where do you start, number I, five? Okay, I start with uh, that moment in uh, where Yoda says to Luke before he dies that there is another Skywalker, which is the first time we understand that Leia is legitimately Luke's sister. Like, we get the idea that this is right. real and this is possible. Because initially, when you're watching, wait, who... Who would it be? And it's the groundwork for yeah. what we're going to find out later, right? And it yeah. compl- to me, it's one of the most five important moments, number five, because of the ramifications it has for people who had watched the movies right wow. up to this point, right? Yeah. Luke and Leia, in that first movie, there's essentially flirting going on between them because we don't know <laughs> what their relationship is, essentially, right? Essentially, yeah. and also a kiss in it. Flirting. I don't know your definition of flirting, yeah, sure. John. I don't know. <laughs> Kissing my sister is not one of them, but yeah, sure. But there's that. And then also for the first time ever, Luke, yeah. the question of Luke being the chosen one is brought into question now, True. which Skywalker is supposed to be taken yeah. over. So this whole idea gets presented to us right when we're about to, we, we've been following Luke through this whole process and all of a right. sudden this happens and we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Could this be, could there be someone else? Oh, who's this other person? And that's when we find out. It's and and that, that whole sequence, and I'm so glad you chose this Yoda moment. Because yeah. there's other ones to choose, of too. Of course. Uh, but this Yoda moment does resonate because it pays off something. Now, mm-hmm. imagine, you know, we're, we're waiting to find out who raised lineage right, right, or where right. her parents are, where her lineage comes from and all yeah. the stuff. And that's what, a two-year wait? Yeah. Two, uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Empire, uh, between Empire and Jedi, you got you got three years. Mm-hmm. Three years of waiting, yes. three years to find out, and Yoda half ha- hazardly just kind of tosses out, there is another, to yeah. Obi-Wan. Right. Yeah, which even, ghost Obi-Wan's like, huh? Yeah. Um, even though, you know, he knows, which is a weird exchange <laughs> when you think about it, because they were both sitting right there That's when true. Bail Organa said, uh, me and my wife will take the girl. Yeah, see? Um, this is interesting. But hey, George. Right. So it is a payoff of, of an ultimate level. Yeah. Of you, we got an answer, and the answer was pretty satisfied. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, do you remember that moment? Uh, can you put yourself back in that head watching in yeah, the theater? Of course, yeah. Because yeah. I remember, uh, you know, because I'm a teenager when this happens. I remember immediately going, "Whoa, wait, what? Who? Right? Who? Because you don't know initially who it was, you who they were yeah. referencing. So to me, I remember it's, uh, like physically sitting back in the chair, going, mm. "Wait, what? Who? <laughs> and, and and what that would mean? And then when it pays off, obviously, it was very satisfying because it made all the sense yeah. in the world of what we had been watching because of her her her, her bravery her, her 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 valiant nature yeah. to go headlong into these battles you know and right. force people to go into these battles and force them to to even fight these battles especially with Han Solo yeah. she was determined she knew what her mission was in life you yeah. know and so that made sense Luke had to discover his a little bit but once he did we saw how much of a badass Luke could be right at the beginning of Jedi when he goes into Jabba's palace like that all of that is there and both of them in yeah. different ways, you know. And again, going to that sequence that just you, you mentioned it just then. We we start Jedi and, yeah. and Luke's nothing but a badass, right? Luke is in, dressed in all black, got a new green lightsaber, yeah. does amazing things, and then it, it's like he goes to Yoda and his mentor's dying. Yes, and Yoda's like, hey, "You're not a Jedi yet, by the way, kid." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And you're not the only one, right? There is another Skywalker. Yeah. Um, <sighs> So, so it is. Yeah. It's perfect. So there's obviously a, a bigger family reveal in Star Wars. I'm sure we're going to talk about, but this is pretty important. Too. Yeah, makes yeah. it memorable. Number five on your list. All right, number five on my list. So funny, revolves around the same person. Oh, okay. 
Uh, and that is Princess Leia killing Jabba the Hutt. Oh, yeah. In Return of the Jedi. Um, memorable then and has become even more memorable now because of what Leia represents for a lot of fa- female fans, mm-hmm. fans in general for sure. Absolutely. But I think what Leia represents now has only gotten stronger. But Steel Bikini Slave Leia was this, you know, without a doubt, a sex symbol in the mm-hmm. 80s. It was a sexual awakening thing for a lot of young boys and women <laughs> around. Sure. And over the years, as times have changed and in, in, in how we view things has changed correctly. Leia dressed in a steel bikini slave for a space slug. Right. Not the best message, you know, put out there. Like, it, it, and when and when all the girls cosplayed at it, when that blew up at one point in the, in the mid-2000s, um, hey, they look great doing it. Mm-hmm. Make your choice if you want to do that. But it was always kind of a little weird. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a slave girl. Right. right. So this moment of Leia getting revenge against her captor and choking him out yeah. till that little puppet tongue came out all there um, <laughs> is big now, but I remember it as, as a kid and uh, slightly uh, seven or eight, I think, when I saw it. I was yeah, in the yeah. theater. I'm trying to do the math. Um, slightly off my head remembering it. But, but that moment stood out to me as... Jedi was the first I remember. I saw Star Wars A New Hope in the theaters, but Mm -hmm. it was one. Mm -hmm. So I have no memory of it. (laughs) Didn't see Empire. Jedi's my first experience. So for me, at seven, eight years of age, to see Leia kill Jabba showed me that she was part of the team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. To my young brain, she wasn't just the damsel in distress. She was coming in to try to rescue Han and essentially... You know, failed in that in some way, but got in. Yeah. And then this bad thing happens to her, and then she she's part of the team. She's not just waiting for Luke to come down and save her. Right. Uh, she's going to kill this this big space slug gangster. Yeah. yeah. And, and that stands out to me. Yeah, and I, I think it's a powerful moment uh, for a number of reasons. I mean, even now, uh, Carrie Fisher, with the late great Carrie Fisher, before she passed, she when there was this whole controversy about the slave Leia doll, right. she said, like, I you you follow that thought process out to its end, which is me killing Jabba. Yeah. Without any help. Yeah. No one else was pulling on that chain but her. And yeah. and that's the thing that I always come back to or come back at when people are like, oh, it was this or there was sexist or whatever. I get it. Like I get that point of view, but yeah. He's a criminal warlord, and right. so he's going to humiliate her as he sees fit, which right. is to have this princess dressed as a slave like for his own sexual benefit in terms of uh, appear look, right? <laughs> which is, which well, is, right. let's hope for yeah, everyone's right, sake it right. stopped there. I could, right. We don't know what Jabba... Ooh, ooh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but he that makes logical sense because yeah. this is what a crime warlord would do. He's not going to dress up in nice clothes and sit in there sure. and respect her femininity. It's not what he would do. Yeah. Would he's, you like something to eat, Bausch. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. He would try to embarrass her, and yeah. when she gets her revenge, she gets her revenge. And it's, it's, like I said, no one else helps her. I think that Slave Leia moment mm-hmm. has to happen so that she can kill Jabba in that way, right. and and reta- reclaim her power in that situation, and be an even mm-hmm. stronger leader. And everything had led up to that moment of her killing Jabba. Everything in the first three movies, yeah. first two movies, rather, had led up to her killing Jabba because she had shown, once again, as I stated earlier, this desire to go headlong into these battles, push right. people, lead the alliance into these, the rebels into these fights. She wanted to be, in, you know, at yeah. the forefront, and that speaks to a leader. And yeah. what she did against when she had her moment against Jabba, uh, maybe some women wouldn't have taken that chance, you know. Right. But she is determined to survive, and she did it. And, and she uh, did and it. respect. And I love that it plays out later in Bloodline, the novel yes. Bloodline by Claudia Gray, where that's kind of one of the things she's known for. Like yeah. people are like, "Oh yeah, I saw the hollow footage, the hollow net footage of you killing Jabba. That's right. You're the one." And it was like it followed her around in both a good and bad way, but it's definitely a perhaps one of the uh, strongest Leia moments in terms of actually seeing her being super strong, super in control of what she needed to do at the time. So that's my number five, Leia kills Jabba in Return of the Jedi. Number four from you, John All right. I I was surprised that this ended up a little bit lower on my list, but Hmm. it is where it is, and that is Vader killing Palpatine. When the redemption of Darth Vader... Anakin Skywalker Good. in that moment. Yes, because uh, initially I was going to go with the, the fact that we'd seen lightning come out of the Emperor's. We didn't uh-huh. know that was possible, right? That was the yeah. first time we'd seen anything like that. Right. Uh, and, of course, that shows up in, in Battlefront. And so that happened, and I was shocked by that. But what happens mm-hmm. next is, is for me, because I have these strong kind of father-son things, sure. to me it's a more powerful moment that Vader finally is redeemed 
picks him up because it shocks the emperor mm-hmm. so much so the emperor cannot fight back and he throws him yeah. down that exhaust and and that whole thing is so powerful because we had seen Vader for two and a three quarter movies yeah yeah you know completely be this evil guy who is trying to change his son into this terrible into this villain to go with him into the dark side right. and shock of shocks it is Vader who's redeemed and not Luke who is turned yeah and it's such a powerful moment that you don't see coming because and Luke does not raise a hand to mm-hmm. fight back against the Emperor, does not raise a hand to fight right. back against Darth Vader once he's starting to have the electrical. He is basically sacrificing himself for his father to redeem himself. And that's what's so powerful about that moment for me it is Luke saying, I love you this much. Right. I believe in you this much that I'm willing to sacrifice my life. Right. Because I could fight back, but I'm not going to because you've got to be redeemed. And if you don't save me here, because mm. he says... Father, please. Father, please. So he is begging his father to come out of that shell, that broken, burnt shell, and rediscover Anakin Skywalker in that moment. And he does. And it's so funny when we go back and look at the prequels because you're like... Yeah, where was this version of Anakin Skywalker that is <laughs> redeemed? And it must have been somewhere at some point. There must be some nobility somewhere along the line. Yeah, some, it's like season two of Clone Wars. Yeah, exa- exactly. Uh, but no, another great choice, John. You're you're two for two here in moments oh, because uh, uh, visually it's really yes, memorable. Yes. And as a kid too, again being freaked out, I'll never. It's still burned in my brain seeing Vader's like skull yeah. through, the, through the mask. Yes. Luke and the lightning on his teeth. You know yes. the force lightning in his teeth. Um, But you just really cut to the core of that scene, what makes it uh, memorable and just so important to the story as a whole, is Luke willing to essentially sacrifice himself uh, he didn't know if it was going to pay off. Yeah, and that's a, that's a that's a big moment, father son moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as sweet as you know, Sebastian Shaw uh, <laughs> uh, or Hayden now with the eyebrows and the eyes, yeah. saying, you know, take my mask off. Also, which is a great scene and great in the novel. Have yep. you ever? Do you remember that scene from the novelization, yes. uh, the eighty three novel? If, if you're out there listening, and you haven't read that Return of the Jedi novel or all three of the original movie novelizations. Mm-hmm. Give them a read. They're a little different. There's some extra stuff coming in. Uh, maybe. Or a younger Star Wars fan and haven't had a chance to do it. The scene with that scene mm-hmm. um, of Vader take it, getting his mask, take it off. Uh, you, you t- it's just an emotional scene with tears and yeah. ra- the tears of Luke falling on him. But, anyways, to your moment, John. Um, that yeah, that that's that's. Uh, so much, and it pays off six movies now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Were you a little crestfallen when the DVD releases came out? What was that, 2011, that yeah. changed and added the no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, did. I was because I mean, those things just seemed unnecessary to me, and it was. The reason we love those films is because they were exactly fine the way they are. Right. The reason that whole legacy exists for Star Wars is because those three films are exactly fine the way they are. And mm-hmm. I get George, like I've defended George going back. It's, sure. He's the creator. Like there's nothing you yeah. can say about it. It, it. You didn't write it. You didn't make it. Just because you watched it a million times does not give you ownership of the property, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. He has a right to go back and change what he sees fit because he had a vision. He was the original architect, mm-hmm. you know, and you fight him and feel any way you want. But he has a right to go back. You may not agree with him, but he has a right to go back. What I remember most about that is how interminable it felt the first time I watched it. How mm. I was screaming at Vader to mm. do something yeah. inside, inside, right? Oh, I, I imagined young John <laughs> screaming, <laughs> yes. do something, holding on, to the, holding on to the armrests of the theater chair. But I, yeah. but ever since I, but every subsequent uh, watching mm. as I've gotten older, it happens quickly, yeah. a lot quicker than I remember. But I remember yeah. that the first time is like it felt like minutes, yeah. you know. And he was like, "Come on, absolutely." So it's it's it has always left an indelible mark in me. So. Uh, as it should, as it should in a lot of people. Uh, that's your number four. My number four is um, going back to A New Hope. It is entering the cantina for the first oh, time. Yeah. This is one of those moments, and you and I talked off air about one moment that uh, I don't want to spoil. It might be on your list. It might not be. That mm-hmm. is uh, an all-time iconic, we are in this galaxy far, far away moment. Yeah. But um, for this one, uh, just what it means in terms of memorable moments to walk in there for the first time with Obi-Wan prepping you a little bit by saying, you know, Moss Eisley, the wretched hive of scum and villainy, <laughs> and then you go into town, and the town is kind of cool and crazy, and we're not talking about the special edition version, um, right. but uh, though the special edition version's fine, you know, it's, it's got Dash Rendar flying out of Tatooine, that's kind of cool, we're all right there, but um, uh, it is entering that cantina and seeing this br- wonderful, bright, bold world of aliens, Yeah, which 
at the time, and I, I don't. This is one I read about the legacy more than experienced it. But uh, that 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 changed one of those cinema changed cinema type of moments mm-hmm. uh, where you walk in and it's like, and yep, you know what? Some of it's kind of corny, and that's why it was a thorn in Lucas's side that yeah. uh, he he just couldn't. Um, didn't have the budget to make, you know, the werewolf puppet guy look real and everything <laughs> like that. But hair, the bartender, all the stuff. You got the the sexy uh, twins there sitting there with their bangs and everything. You right. got Han Solo, Greedo, everything. It was a, a giant uh, uh, a peek into a larger, larger galaxy. And it was yeah. out of this world. And it's just one of those things that just, it's, for those who saw it, uh, at the time, still lingers in their mind as just wow, what what are we watching? And uh, even as a young kid, and really kind of walking in, it's one of my favorite sequences. It's one of my favorite moments. Um, I and I look at Jeddah in Rogue One, and I think mm. somewhere when he watched it, George Lucas must have been smiling, going, "This is what I wanted for the cantina." Yeah, including Doctor Abizin and Ponda Baba. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're there as well. <laughs> so it's a small moment, John. I don't know if I'm off base, but it's just one of those key, memorable, iconic moments. No, no. I think it's great because we're introduced to this whole new world and we're introduced to these aliens and these different type of aliens and mixed in with humans, obviously. Yeah. There's all this kind of... And you, there's something we'd seen before in movies. Obviously, we'd seen that dirty bar scene in, mm-hmm. in movies before. But there was something about this that introduced you into this idea that there were multiple alien species out mm-hmm. there we're going to be confronting and seeing and getting into. And it wasn't done in a way that was cheesy. It wasn't done in a way right. that looks like kind of like oh something out of some kind of... And no offense to Roger Corman some kind of low-budget Roger Corman movie, <laughs> it looked like this is the kind of, you know, uh, what we've got here is something a little more expansive and a yeah. little more interesting in these characters. And I saw that uh, Elstree 76 documentary, which, which I would recommend to anybody if you haven't seen that yet, Elstree 76. And they talk about how they put on these costumes and what was yeah. going on in their heads when they're creating, what George, more importantly, what George Lucas was telling them as a director about what to do in these moments when these when the camera was on them in these yeah. characters. And so for me, it's a special joy that you pick this one because it's it's perfect to get you into the world of what Star Wars is and what Star yeah. at the time and what Star Wars was going to be going forward in the future. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned like other movies we have bars and stuff and that's what I love too. Yeah. It's like, hey, this, they got bars too. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is why and, and jump into the Force Awakens. Um yeah. When you go to Maz Kanata's castle and it's, yeah. quote, another cantina, and I got that people, if, if you're one of those people that's like, hey, Force Awakens was just a complete retread, uh, I'm not one of those folks, but no, I, I get there's certain elements, and yes, this was one of them. Yeah. This was J.J. going, we want a cantina too, but hey, the galaxy is going to have more than one bar. Yeah, I know. This you is know? I understand. But it was definitely, um, but I also think it, 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 it the uproar about, Anyone having a problem with Maz Kanata's castle or, or any kind of thoughts uh, negatively about that, yeah. if Force Awakens just shows how powerful the cantina was yeah. to the legacy Absolutely. of Star Wars. So that is my number four of uh, the five most memorable moments in the original trilogy. We move on to number three. We're getting down to it, John. Yeah. What do you got at number three? My number three is uh, blowing up the first Death Star. Um, mm. Luke blowing up the Death Star, which now we go from Rogue One. We understand why that happened, which is amazing. Sure. Um, but for me, this is because... Because as a kid, I remember this distinctly. This is a kid trying to figure out who he is, trying to figure out what he's going to do, trying to figure out if he's actually the chosen one, like Ben Kenobi has died. Mm -hmm. Like there's all this stuff that's happened to him to lead him to this moment. You know, Mm -hmm. the two moons or the two suns moment, two moons moment rather. He's sitting there, all this stuff that's happened to him. And in this moment, Obi-Wan appears to him and says... Mm -hmm trust the use the force you know and it's that moment that we all have as we right. grow up as as teenagers into men like we have that moment we have to trust ourselves right. no matter what we have to it's a, it's a symbolic of that moment where you have to believe that you can do it mm-hmm. believe that you've got the shot that you can take the shot and mm-hmm. it's possible and so for me it's always felt so powerful that moment because hey you, you got vader coming down you got everything you know of course uh, the millennium falcon shoots him out mm-hmm. of the way but like you have everything that's happening mm-hmm. and this kid in this moment has to find out if he's really if he's really able to do it he has to prove it to himself yeah and i think it's so powerful when that happens and of course he's excited and it's great and blah 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 mm-hmm. but like remember we had gotten don't be cocky kid we gotten this progression <laughs> yeah. in in a new hope to this moment and yeah. i and i think everything that happens the battle outside or above the death star is fantastic and of course across the surface and everything yeah. but once he nestles into that uh, alley and he, everything's happening around him and things are blowing up and he's got yeah. to shoot those shots at the right time he 
you know, it's almost like what you see in old school uh, karate movies where they put the blindfold on, you know, yeah, you kind of yeah. have to do it that way yeah. and you have to trust. And, you know, and that's the force can be anything. It could be your religion, could be your belief in the universe, belief in yourself, belief in the, uh, whatever you right. want to believe. Yeah. And in that moment, that's what he, he's reinforcing in that moment is his belief in himself and a belief in something bigger than himself. That's a great, yeah. great way to put it, John. And, and you're right. You know, he loses R2. He loses, turns off his targeting computer. Right. Um, so I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. You, it's a great moment. I can't add any more analysis to it than you already did. <laughs> but you mentioned Rogue One. Now, you liked Rogue One, I right? did, yeah. And I liked Rogue One. At the end of the I went through a weird journey with Rogue One where mm. I loved it, didn't like it, loved it again. Wow. Uh, and and um, the first and second acts hurt a little bit for me, but I love that last third act, and I love the movie overall. Make no mistake. Okay. Make no mistake. But I want to ask about yeah. th- this moment you've talked about, the blowing up of the first Death yeah. Star, a- and you're really laser-focusing it on what it means for Luke and what it means for us. Yeah. Does knowing that Galen Erso put a exhaust port, uh, put a, a, a chink in the armor, any of that take away from the swimmer? Because some people had that complaint. Well, yeah, but I didn't because okay. we had had the plans. We had heard that they had the Death Star plans. They had the plans. So logically, if you have the Death Star plans, that means you know how to blow it up. Right. You find out the chink in the armor, so to speak. Yeah. And so... If they had that information from Galen, then that was the chink in the armor all along, and they knew about it. And so they still what, had to do it. And they still had to do it, right. Just because yeah. it's possible to blow it up doesn't right. mean you know that you're going to be able to. And right. so in that moment, you he knew what he had to do. They told him what he had to do. They knew what the shot was, and then they he took it still. And he had to get it in the right area. He had to do it at the right time, and it had to go in there and hit it at the right moment for right. it to blow up. So the, the, you need a little bit of luck in anything you do in life. And no sure. matter how successful you're going to be, you're not going to be successful by yourself. Right. And so he had a, he had he knew what the situation was. Now in retrospect, obviously through Rogue One, a bit of retconning there, we know what the situation was going in. Now when we watch New Hope, uh, in yeah. retrospect, so to me it doesn't bother me at all okay. because it's not a surprise. It, it's a great defense, and I'm on your side here. Uh, I just I, I wanted to see. <laughs> no, I respect. No, 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 because it's a great because people people had it, and I understand yeah, to a point. So do I. But he had to do it, and then um, I have more problem with the theory. It's a theory, theory, deep mm-hmm. theory that somehow Obi-Wan that didn't just appear to Luke but controlled at Luke at that time. I don't agree with that at all. I don't I don't agree with it at all. You completely undercut the character of Luke Skywalker if that's yeah. the truth. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, it's one of those wild in the woods theories, uh, but I, I've seen it and and some people cite uh the episode of Rebels where Ezra took control of the uh the troop Trent the walker. Right. And controlled the guy to shoot, basically kill himself with the walker. And like, well, if you can do that with the Force, maybe Obi-Wan did that with Luke. You can absolutely do that with the Force, but Obi-Wan is not the kind of person that would have done that with right. the Force. That's the thing at the right. end of the day. You have to study Obi-Wan's character. Obi-Wan would have served nothing. Right. Why sacrifice himself? Like, which we'll get to in a second. Right. But like, right. why do what he did if in that moment he's <laughs> yeah. going to take away Luke's ability of free and free will? Right. And to be able to do this and prove to himself. Because if he controls him, then everything Luke does from here on is a lie. And, and, and I don't think Obi-Wan would have. Do that. Of all the guests we bring on Force Center uh, in the past, here we've had you. You were really good explaining the Force. You're really <laughs> oh, yeah, good at understanding the Force. Like, yeah, well. I don't know. It must be something about your spiritual side, John. <laughs> yes, it's very um, deep. <laughs> so that is uh, that is your number three destruction mm-hmm. of the, uh, the first Death Star mm-hmm. and how it pertains to Luke and the Force and finding himself so true. My- hey, everyone! I've been on the go recently: Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Number three, it's about love, it's about character, it's about attitude and confidence. It is I know. Uh, yes. I love you, I know. Now, <laughs> Great it's choice. not even necessarily my favorite Han Solo line or solo moment, but I think there's a reason that line or those two lines, which is really I love you and I know, mm-hmm. sell bath, uh, bath towels and T-shirts yeah. and have become you know wedding toppers and all that kind of stuff. It is, it is their relationship to uh, – 
to a T, and 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 the strength of Empire is that yeah. relationship. Yeah. Irvin Kershner talks about you know he had this tell a romantic story, and, and <laughs> if you watch the direct the the, the documentary Empire's Empire's Dream, the late Irvin Kershner is just like I had to tell this romantic story, but I couldn't use a lot of smooching. <laughs> like it just it's this great line from an old guy just sitting there, and so you got the Hepburn Tracy type of relationship. Yep. You got Leia, I think, fighting it in part, I think, because she has a sense of duty and a sense of who she is yeah. and and Han's not just it's not just that he's not a nice guy and a nice man and her not not her type right. I think she might have felt you know um, like like you you fortunately this idea that a woman has to choose between career and love which is a ridiculous notion yeah. um, but unfortunately gets fed that way sometimes and this was I think I think I'm putting a lot of myself into this I think Leia fought that a lot in Empire because of just the whole situation yeah. she's got to worry about fighting like whatever smuggler scoundrel I I've got to go defend the galaxy, yeah. and yeah. you want to kiss me in the corridor here. <laughs> um, but to give into that moment, and there's some sweet, tender moments in, in, in Cloud City leading up to that. But for her to proclaim "I love you" is a big moment for that character, yeah. and of course for Han to be like, "I know." <laughs> Look, you're a you're a you're a Lothario. John. Yeah, well, I know sadly romantic. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not only is that just a cool, confident moment, one that I'm aspiring to my whole life. But it also, I don't think Han Solo, and Harrison has, you know, famously added that himself and took away a monologue that wouldn't have been good. But I think that is so Han Solo because I don't take, and and, and this is where I'll start pitching to you, John, here. I don't think it was was confident, but it wasn't cocky. Not at all. It was him going, I know, I've just been waiting. Yeah. I've just been waiting for you. And I was never going to go away. Exactly. And unfortunately, I might die now, but <laughs> I know. I think what's great about this moment, and, and, and I, I say this with, with a lot of strength, is that it, he had been chasing Leia mm-hmm. through the whole first two movies, right? Right. Whether he knew it or not, he was chasing her. Right. The reason he stayed was for her. The reason, he, he, the reason the, everything happened on, on, on Hoth is for her. Everything that led to this moment is because he is chasing her, trying to get her to see that he cares about that she does care about him she has feelings for him she right. doesn't want to admit it but that's why he's he's cocky in that way that's not like pushy or offensive sometimes Mm-hmm. You can have these courtships with certain people where you are equally matched. Yeah. And there is this hidden confidence mm-hmm. or hidden belief in the interaction because the person keeps coming back to you and you keep coming back to them. And there is a belief that there is a reason for that, mm. an attraction, something unspoken or unexplainable there. Yeah. And you, because you can't explain chemistry, it is or it isn't. It's right. just that it is. Right. You know? And so when. she has that moment, which I think is a very powerful moment for her to admit her feelings to him right before he's about to die for him to, in a way kind of take a little bit of the power back by saying, I Mm -hmm. know. And he doesn't say, I know in a way like it's about time. He says that I know in a way of like, I get it because I feel, you know how I feel. You've known how I felt about you. I've put it on the table for two movies. And in that moment, (laughs) you finally, you finally admitted what I knew all along. And this is what I think is interesting. And I, and I push back at people who think it's like, Oh, it's, it is what it is. Cocky. No, look back at all the old forties and fifties movies and Mm sixties movies. It's women chasing men like Mm. this women trying to convince men, the leads and men like, Sure. You know, like, uh, oh, you don't, you love me. You just don't know it yet. That kind right, of thing. Right, and the right, guy right. always has the realization at the end of the movie. Right. This turns it on its head completely and makes right. the, ma- the woman be right. the kind of uh, pushing back, the kind of not believing, kind of focusing on her career, right. not wanting to be involved with someone romantically. Because so it turns the cliche, uh, it turns the, yeah. the trope on its head. And I think it's brilliant. And yeah. not enough people talk about it or give it credit that moment. It's more than just a, this, this cute, like funny moment between them. It is. It, a, mm-hmm. it turns film history on its head in that moment that you have a a man being the one being like yeah. I knew all along. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the rough, the rough exterior yes. scoundrel guy. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're just, so right. It yeah. falls down, and we get the vulnerable yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, he's very vulnerable in that moment, and and I think um, what at potentially his last moments are, mm-hmm. are are in those scenes. He doesn't know. Yeah, and uh, you know, hell, Harrison didn't know his contract was up. Uh, right. So, uh, absolutely, it's memorable for a lot of reasons. But like, uh, like, uh, like anything in Star Wars, there are some layers. So that's my number three. Yeah. I love you. I know. We're on to number two now. This I can't believe this wasn't number one for me. Okay, but it is number two. Mm. It is Luke 
I am your father. That is my number two moment. Um, I really thought it was going to be number one, but there's a reason why number one is number one. When Ken sent me this email, like I said, Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time thinking about this. What is it? Searching my feelings. Search your feelings, (laughs) Roka. And I... This is, I know people will say this is the penultimate moment in everything, you know, all of Star Mm -hmm. Wars. But to me, uh, this moment is number two, and I'll explain Mm -hmm. one later reason why. But like number, this is a fantastic moment for so many Mm -hmm. reasons, right? Everything that led up to this, we've been wondering who is fought. We've been wondering, like, what's this all about? You know, Vader kills Kenobi in the first movie. What is this leading to? Why is he so, they have that moment when they're walking together, right? When he captures him, and there's this kind of back and forth between them, you know? It's, yeah. it's Luke finding his balls, finding his strength, like what right. happens with every father and son. The son eventually <laughs> has to push back to the father and the father's right. thoughts about things. And he's like, he's got his own way. And he thinks he's, he thinks he is re, he is like establishing a connection and pushing back. And then this happens. This moment happens after the fight, after his hand gets cut off, all of this happens and he reveals to him who he is. Yeah. And it is such a colossal explosion of emotion in that moment from Mark Hamill. Maybe his best acting moment ever. Absolutely. And, and was screaming that no, that screamed the no for probably everybody in the theater the right. first time they saw it, like the shock of it all. And mm-hmm. I remember that too. I remember eyes just almost b- bursting out of my head like a wolf oh, from wow. a Looney Tunes cartoon. I remember that happening in that moment. But it's so powerful because once again, this father-son thing happens, mm. this father-son moment, and he has to, Luke has to accept the fact that this evil man who is, he has spent a, major, a majority of his last few years hating is his own flesh and blood, is his father, is what he's been searching for, whether he knew it or not, right. what he's been searching for, even when he was growing up with Uncle Owen, even yeah. when he was doing all that stuff that was there as a moisture form, there was this missing piece of him that was his dad. Right. Uh, and um, more so than his mom. I, and it's interesting, you know, and maybe he mm. felt the, the Padme ending. Yeah. But there's, there's sometimes you just feel this vibe, you know, and so maybe he knew and felt that his father was still out there. And to find out it is this evil person when he had been pushed and motivated and driven by Kenobi to embrace the light yeah. to see that this paragon of darkness is his father. Yeah. And then to take that moment to throw himself off the bridge and go down the, rather than joining his father. And it's just so, so, so powerful. Cause it's, it's his brain cracking to me. Yes. It is that I can't even comprehend this yeah. death is a more viable option <laughs> or whatever is yes. down below there yes. and his hands gone. Yeah. And you're so right. I mean, uh, it's probably the more, the most famous moment in all yeah, Star yeah. Wars, potentially, though, mm-hmm. quite frankly, Star Wars has, as we've discussed already, got a couple more left. There's so many actually yeah. to choose from. Arguably, some others are, are, are better, and we're putting that out there. But yeah. uh, So I like that you put it number two because, um, yeah, it's most, most famous, but... Um, uh, that's also it's also a very misquoted scene yes. and it's just kind of become a pop culture thing now mm-hmm. i wish i'm 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 envying you now uh that you actually got to experience that firsthand Oh yeah, you didn't because you didn't I see did it. Not. At all. Oh, man. I was I was alive Ooh. during the time, but yes, my folks sure. didn't take me uh, to see it at the time. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. You know, John, you're bringing something up here. I don't know. I, they took me to see New Hope, and they took me to see Jedi. They didn't take me to see Empire. It's the darker one. I would have been four at it's, the time. It's the darker it's one. The darker one. Mm. They um, might have seen it ahead of you and said, "No, no, no, no we're not no, going to let no, him no, watch no. this one." Never, yeah. never. But it is. Uh, I mean, that is one of those changed film forever mm-hmm. moments, mm-hmm. and what a lot of other people try to strive for now in storytelling. Telling, yes. The big reveal, right. the big twist. So it carries that weight. But yeah, you're right, and you said it. Mark Hamill's performance there. This guy doesn't always. I, I think I think grew up with him not getting the credit he deserved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's some clunky moments in Jedi. Sure. And there's some whiny moments in New Hope. But sure. that's choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in Jedi, I mean, you know. George, God bless him. <laughs> him and his dialogue, as we know famously. Yeah. Uh, but Empire with a great director, Kirshner. Yeah. Um, all apologies to the late Richard Marquand and Jedi. I mean, that was he was ghost direct. Lucas was ghost directing that one, basically. Yeah. Um, you see, with a great director like Kirshner and, and this great stuff, uh, 
plays off a puppet mm-hmm. for most of the movie, yeah. makes it work, and now plays off also, by the way, someone delivering the wrong lines or, or right. you know, false pages and all this kind of stuff. Right. And pulls those emotions. You're an actor. You're a performer, yeah. John, to go to that spot, to go to that place. Uh, it's guttural. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, the most memorable thing. And I think that's why people connect with it, because it is so guttural. It is yeah. from the from a primal place, mm. you know, deep in deep inside yourself, like yeah. that moment where you... Re- and it's it happens to all of us. We have that moment where right. we discover our father is not the hero we thought he mm. was. Mm-hmm. He is fallible. Yeah. He is he is capable of making mistakes and full of flaws and can let you down and hurt you. Right. And when you're a kid growing up, your dad is always feeding you, taking care of you, putting a roof over your head, like tucking you in at night. Right. But as you become a teenager, as you get into your 20s, you start to see mm-hmm. the flaws in your father and is it, it in those the first moment that happens is is it's almost relative to right. the no moment there. You're like, "Oh, he is not what I thought he was. He <laughs> is capable of this mistakes." Like f- kids who find their fathers cheating on their wa- on their uh-huh. wives or their yeah. mothers like yeah. all those things we all have those moments you know yeah. with our dads and, and whether in, in whatever capacity it happens and it's powerful and it still resonates you know yeah. and it's generational and that's why I think that that moment mm. still lives on for anyone who watches it the first time powerful moment yeah. powerful <laughs> great choice uh, my number two is uh, keeping it in the family so to speak oh. there it is Luke and it is Vader as well and look if you're a listener of Force Center or, or any other places that I've babbled on about Star Wars far too long <laughs> You've heard me talk about this moment um, before, so I'll try to be short and to the point and let John weigh in on it here. But it is, for me, it is Luke Skywalker jumping out under the stairwell, yelling no, and striking back against Darth Vader, who's just realized, oh, yeah. oh your sister yeah. is alive. And oh, by the way, I just realized Padme was pregnant with twins. <laughs> they kept that from me. Right. Huh. Huh. Um, and it is for me empire that that the, the duel you just described in that moment yeah. when they with the blue and red blade and and the backdrop of 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 uh, the carbon freezing chamber yeah it's great but that shot of luke fighting back jumping out pushing vader back and the chorus swells in and just the way that looks it is to me it is this it is the turn of the original trilogy it is the moment where all the stories starting to come together right. and yeah han and his team down below are succeeding you know are about to or they're going to blow up the bunker or blow up the shield generator and all that kind of stuff is going to happen and lando and nine number are going to go in and wedge is going to take out the north reactor it's all great it's all yet to come but that moment turns right there mm-hmm. where luke decides enough is enough going to tap into just enough anger, but I'm going to tap into also family and defending it. And he, at, the, at that moment, you talked about him willing to lay down his life to save his father in the end, but at that moment, it might be that he was willing to kill his father to save his sister. Absolutely. Which maybe was a mistake. We don't know. You could analyze. You're good sure. at the Force, John. Um, and you got the Emperor there, and I love Palpatine in, in, in Jedi and those yeah. scenes. That why, who, who doesn't? It's great. But it is just, to me, it is that shot. It is just the shot of Star Wars to me, and it is yeah. it is everything we've been waiting for in Luke. I think, possibly, he doesn't become a Jedi till your moment. I don't think he becomes right. a Jedi until he lays down his lightsaber, yes. but it is the turn. It is the, it is the I don't know the, the gambling term. It's the flop. It's the flip. It's yeah. the turn. <laughs> All right. Uh, the river's coming or whatever. Yeah. I, I lose money at the card games there, John. But it is that moment for me. And I don't know if I'm off base, John. No, I think it's a great choice, Ken. I mean, I, because it is Luke in the third movie. We had seen him be at the beginning kind of a badass at Jabba's mm-hmm. palace. We see him. He is a different person than what we left in Empire Strikes Back. Right. right. This, we left him uh, kind of a broken man, mm-hmm. hand cut off. Uh, he's still somewhat hopeful at the end of it, Strikes sure. Back when they're looking out into space space and stuff and but there is this feeling of like he's had a colossal emotional trauma yeah how does he come back and the way we see him at the beginning of jedi is a more quieter jedi more adult mm-hmm. more mature jedi he's all in black yeah there's all this power in his in his in his moment which is ironic because it is a it's very uh it has allusions to vader he's all mm-hmm. in black just like vader is right there's this possibility here right so when we have this moment where he's fighting and this very it like it very much mirrors what happens and strikes back except this is a 
older Luke. This is mm-hmm. a more mature Luke. This is a Luke who's not yet 100% a Jedi, but he is so close. close. And in that moment, when he strikes back at Vader, it is a power we have not seen Luke have with Vader mm-hmm. yet. It's a controlled, measured anger that yeah. is his blows are more uh, uh, are more powerful. They're mm-hmm. more direct. They carry more weight. Therefore, Vader is eventually beating. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> you know, you hear that scream, right? That's where the great swing. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. But it is because this newfound motivation to right. save what's left of his family, what's good of his family, right. against this person who who symbolizes what is evil in his family, mm-hmm. right? It is the explosion of that in that moment. And it is, yes, base in terms of defending his sister, but it mm. also is about defending the name of Skywalker mm. in that moment, too. You know, you will not do what you did to me for three movies. <laughs> you are not now going to turn it around and go after my sister. I will not allow it. And, and 42 it, comics and seven novels. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I will not allow it. He will. He, yeah. and, and it's a, such a powerful moment. And we all have that moment when we fight back against our father and we say, no. I matter. This happens. I am important. I am as powerful. And it it happens. And I think it's great. Man. Uh, it sounds like you've been on a lightsaber fighter too in your life, man. <laughs> yeah. Great analysis. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that's my number are... two. Now I'm going to go with my number one, so okay. we can close out with your number mm-hmm. one as the guest. I like to have the guest close that's very sweet. Thank you. Uh, out the show. My number one ties to another one of your moments. Okay, but it's from a different a different point of view, a okay. certain point of view, I should say. Uh, and my number one most memorable moment in the original trilogy is Han Solo returns in A New Hope to ah. save Luke. Um, yes. This is um, that that um, YouTube footage uh, the, the YouTube uh, that the thing got leaked out or, le- or put out that uh, original crowd in 1977 theater reacts to Star Wars yes and this was the moment that got the big pop this was that moment yeah, and in wrestling terms I talk about it all the time and yeah. you're a wrestling guy John this this was this was a pop this yeah. was a big big uh, the comeback this is the moment Han Solo and again you have to I think now a lot of things are, uh, you know, we're used to the epic journey, and we're, the Star Wars is the first big blockbuster that kind of followed this, you know, uh, Joseph Campbell kind of mm. uh, mythology on a big scale. Yeah, there obviously was other things, Hidden Fortress, all the stuff. Yes, you can you can yell at me that Star Wars had influences out there, folks. I get it. But <laughs> on a big, giant national scale, yeah. uh, the, the beginning of, of pop culture nerddom as we know it now began, I think, with this movie. And so the formula wasn't as if you're watching it in, uh, for the first First time, especially an audience in 77, you're not sure. If Han goes off, yeah. now Rogue One, for instance, yeah, yeah. Cassian gets shot. Jin's going to complete her mission. I thought Cassian was going to come back. Yeah. Number one, trailers, yeah, which course. the Rogue One trailers led us down a wrong path anyways. But I'm not surprised anymore. You yeah. know? And it was a cool moment, and I love Cassian Endor, right. and it doesn't take away from it. But it was like, he's coming back. He's yeah. just He's just out. So hot tags coming next. Right. Um, back then, Han and Chewie grabbed their money and run, as far as we know, because he's been saying the whole movie he's going to do that. Yeah. And you go to Luke, um, like you said so well, you know, he's got to use the force, trust himself, mm. big moment. Um, and the Han thing doesn't take away that moment for me. It adds it, because in a way, too, it's it's Han deciding to come back to something bigger than himself. Mm-hmm. So that's big for the character. Uh, it's also uh, Luke knowing he's not alone, yeah. knowing that... That uh, he's got some pals, and he he was a kid on the desert. Yeah, he had pals, Cammy and Wormy and Biggs and all those people from the deleted scenes and of the course. stuff in the novel. Oh, Mr. Um, Dark yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's got all that, but um, it, 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 now he's got he's got people to rely on going forward. And yeah. also, it was just a damn cool moment. Yeah, that shot. The sound, the what yeah. of Vader, and you look up almost into the sun. The Falcon's coming out, and there's rays of light coming behind it. And, you know, you're all kill, kid, clear kid. Let's blow this thing and go home. One of the great lines. Uh, also a sexual innuendo. Um, but um, <laughs> it just, for me, is a memorable moment that yeah. just ties that movie together it is the big pop the crowd moment the applause it is uh, it is just what it is it's fun and it makes it most memorable to me well i think it's great ken it's such a great choice because as a movie going public right or tv shows right what has happened generally generationally for us since the advent of movies it has always been that moment when the cavalry shows up Mm -hmm. when the hero shows up when some you think all is lost 
And out mm-hmm. of nowhere, at the last moment, someone shows up to save the day. Yeah. That is an American thing. It has always been in, <laughs> in multiple generations, multiple genres of movies. Yeah. We have found that person that comes in at the last minute. I mean, I yeah. would see Lego Batman movie today, and, yeah. the, and Lego ba- the Batman shows up at that last penultimate moment, just when his friends are about to all get killed. He shows up at the last moment and saves it. And that's just kind of what's built in our culture that we expect it. But yeah. when it happens, it's still an awesome surprise. In that yeah. moment when, when, and Han Solo comes into that uh, situation, and we're worried because Vader's right on his tail. We've yeah. seen that how powerful Vader is, you know, and so we think this is an even more impossible task for him to complete. Who knows what's going to happen? And then out of nowhere, Solo comes in, and Solo doesn't just 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 enough to knock Vader yeah, off yeah. his kilter, yeah. not to destroy him, which I think is brilliant, yeah. and sends him off, and, and Luke is clear to do what he needs to do. And you're right, yeah. it, it, someone is is sh- Luke who had been. He has his friends, but he was always yeah. like that kid brother. You know yeah. what I'm saying? For so- someone comes and and shows him, hey, I'm here for you, man, yeah. and that matters. And I think it's also what helps him make that shot. It clears his sure. mind to make that shot. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's great, such a great moment. And it just it it it, it just gives you that whole feeling of like ah, oh, like we yeah. have with wrestling when yeah. you hear that t- <laughs> when you hear that theme song and the hero coming down the ramp to save the other person who's getting beat up. You just get so excited. That's just ingrained in us in such a perfect moment it, in Star it, Wars. It was as if Jim Ross is going. That's that's Han Solo's music. <laughs> it's the run in to save the day. Yeah, exactly. So that is my number one. Han Solo and Chewbacca return in A New yeah. Hope to help Luke. Blow Blow up the Death Star. But, John, yes. you're going to close this out All with right. the number one most memorable moment in the original Star Wars trilogy. Well, I'm probably going to get a bunch of shit for this, but this is mm-hmm. how I really, really think. I think the, the most important moment mm-hmm. is Darth Vader killing Obi-Wan, or Obi-Wan letting Darth Vader kill him. I think that's a better that's way to state it. You know, everything that we have seen, especially now if you go back through the prequels, you go back through the novels, you go back mm-hmm. through the comics, you go back through Clone Wars. Obi-Wan Kenobi is a noble Jedi. Yeah. For better or worse, he is a noble Jedi. Right. He has always been trying to save Anakin and save Anakin's spirit and save Anakin's soul because yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn had handed him Anakin. Mm. I really believe that in no way, shape, or form would Kenobi have chosen Anakin as his Padawan. Mm. But he mm-hmm. does it out of honor and respect for Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. So when you factor all that in, it adds even more power to the moment where he willingly lifts his lightsaber and lets mm. Anakin kill him. And of course... Anakin slash Darth Vader is going to kill him in that moment because yeah. he hasn't had his come to Jesus moment, so to speak. Yeah. Come to the force moment. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he swings it out of a desire to kill Kenobi because of what happened yeah. on Mustafar. So all of this is in this now. Yeah. So you can't remove it. And even before it was there, yeah, yeah. it still was a powerful moment because there is no Luke Skywalker if Kenobi doesn't die. There yeah. is no trilogy if Kenobi doesn't die. There is mm-hmm. no hero's journey. If Kenobi doesn't die, mm. Luke would have kept relying on Kenobi to guide him until the end. Mm-hmm. But Luke had to stand on his own two feet, and that was Kenobi sacrificing himself. The entire Star Wars does not legacy does not exist if Kenobi does not sacrifice himself in that moment to Vader, mm. so that Luke is motivated yeah. by revenge, motivated by this to become a better Jedi. He is not on Dagobah if it isn't for Kenobi's death. And so yeah. these things, everything, I think, everything happens because Kenobi willingly sacrifices himself. Once again, a Jedi sacrificing himself in that yeah. moment uh, to, so the, for the greater good of the story. He knows what's, how Luke is. He, he knows enough about Luke now. His training with the Force, his years as a Jedi, he knows how Luke is going to react. Mm. And mm. He, in that moment, he allows himself to be killed so that Luke is motivated to become a Jedi, to become a hero, to become what he is supposed to be, right. uh, the chosen one one, so to speak, uh, to what that his father could not be. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful to have that happen. And it, it pushes the arc into, into strikes back and lets us hate Vader even more sure. going into empire yeah. so that when the father moment happens, it's even more poignant because yeah. this is Luke witnessed his father kill his mentor who had brought him out of this, oh, this uh, useless existence as a moisture farmer <laughs> in his mind, in his mind. Well, right? you know, they, they, you need moisture farmers. Well, of but, course you, know, you do. Luke, 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 yeah. Luke it was yeah. not what Luke, Luke always knew he was destined for more. Yeah. Uh, whether he wanted to admit it to himself or not. And I think everything, as I said, everything hinges from this moment because without mm. it, we do not have Star Wars. Uh, I think it's a great choice. It was uh, going to be on my list too, but uh, mm. I made some other decisions to go other way. I could have easily had this on here, and I'm glad you mentioned it, John, because 
Also, going back to what I was just saying about uh, the Han coming back moment, yeah. the hero's journey includes the death of the mentor. Absolutely. Um, and that's been going on for years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 77, on this kind of scale, yeah. I'm sure there were some people sitting in the theater in 77 that were like, hey, Alec Guinness isn't going to be in this for a long time. Um, <laughs> but for sure, Alec Guinness was saying the yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a weird space movie. Um, for him to go... Just narratively, obviously makes sense. It's yeah. the hero's journey. The mentor goes. Yeah. Gandalf goes, and at one point, you know, every 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 hero men, every hero's mentor is going to take that big walk. Yeah. Um, but you know, then it was a little shocking. It was, yeah. Like, what? What? That yeah. guy? He's got the laser sword. Yeah. He's the one that's going to help everybody. Um, and it's important to the story at at large. And uh, you're right. I mean, it it transforms Luke in that moment. Mm-hmm. He was already part of this battle. Yeah. But I think there was this was up until then. Luke is running around the Death Star. He's doing some fun, cool things, yeah. and he's the farm boy on Tatooine. And this this mission. Though he knew it was dangerous that he stumbled onto, didn't come at a cost yet yeah. until this man uh, goes. Also, the moment of now, and you, you mentioned it, of things we know now. Mm-hmm. So in 77 and up until, uh, you know, late 80s, or I should say up till 99, really, um, that was the only really thing we had from that moment. Mm-hmm. Canon, non-canon stuff, right. legends may have filled it on indifferently. But we had this moment. But now... Yeah. Which you, whatever you feel the prequels are or not, you have that. You have mm-hmm. that backstory. Mm-hmm. You also have Kenobi in the desert for 19 years watching this young boy. Yeah. Knowing that he's sacrificing his existence, essentially, mm-hmm. just hiding out of the desert. But now in this moment is literally everything I made that promise to Qui-Gon and then to Yoda to do right. has come down to this moment. Yeah. And it's a big moment for a very important character. Yeah. And we... All of us, and this is not a cliche, and I speak from my own personal experience. Right. When you lose that father figure, the mm-hmm. mentor, your actual father, it changes you in ways that you mm-hmm. cannot possibly understand. Mm-hmm. And it's not a cliche. It's not a cliche. Mm-hmm. Who I was before my father died in 2008 and who I am now are two completely different people mm-hmm. because I could no longer fuck around mm-hmm. or give in to my younger impulses. Right. Because I didn't have my father there to bail me out, to rely on his counsel, to make it me make me feel better. Mm. I had to make smarter choices. I had to make stronger choices. And some people do it before their father dies. But some people it is a complete and utter sea change in their life. Who mm. I, like I said, who I was before, the young kid fucking around, messing mm. around with stuff, you know, pushing the boundaries of what's allowed, what isn't allowed. Mm. I'm a completely different person going through the two years, three years of, you know, sadness right. and losing my father. And I'm very proud of, I think my dad would be very happy with the man I have sure. become mm-hmm. uh, versus the man that I was at times in when I disappointed him, you know, because mm-hmm. I couldn't quite get there at certain times because I right. had my own shit to deal with. But having your, when your father leaves, there's no one else. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of rely on yourself. And I think in that moment, that's why it's still, it still is powerful for me. Even before my dad died, it was a powerful moment, mm-hmm. even more poignant for me now since my father past and mm. it's just amazing for me it resonates so deeply great way to dive into it john i'd expect nothing less of you i knew i <laughs> chose wisely when i said uh i gotta get john unranked what should john and i talk about <laughs> i needs to be something big and have uh and 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 have some weight to it and you deliver john i appreciate that that is some great insight Thanks, uh and why star wars resonates just beyond laser swords and spaceships absolutely man and that uh is sometimes i get it if, if you're not a star wars fan and if you're not a star wars fan you're not listening now you're listening yeah, yeah, right. yeah but for those and i we all have in our life you know i get it you mm-hmm. some people aren't drawn to it they get their inspiration from other things um but it is not just a silly space opera no. on some levels it is sure some levels it is it is a six people in a space slug costume and carrie fisher's uh, choking a muppet <laughs> I, we get it but then there's this kind of stuff that resonates in real world real life type of ways yeah. uh and that is why i wholeheartedly support your decision for that being number one of the five most memorable moments we've given you 10 so i want to ask you guys out there to join the conversation and follow us on twitter me at ken knapsack john will give his information shortly but follow us and use the hashtag star wars ranked and of course go to the force center twitter page at force center pod pod 
Use hashtag Star Wars Ranked and join the conversation. What are your five most memorable moments? Why? How? What do they mean? Do you like ours? Do you agree? That's how it's done. Don't forget we're on iTunes as well. Subscribe, rate, and review. We're making a big push for 50 reviews on iTunes. John, you are a very busy man, so I want to thank you for taking time to come to the uh, Force Center Studios tonight. But where uh, where can they find you? Because you have a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Ken. I appreciate being on. It was such a blast. Absolute um, pleasure. Uh, you guys can always find me at The Roca Says, R-O-C-H-A, on Twitter and Instagram. And please follow me and comment. I love interacting with people, and it's always a good time. Uh, and, yeah, you guys can always find me on Sunday nights with The Walking Dead Review Show on Collider, depending on when this comes out. Uh, yes, I am the movie trivia showdown champion for now. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, and also, please subscribe and download my uh, podcast, The Cinephiles, which I host with my film professor friend Steve Morris. We count. We talk about one film uh, before I don't know before the last ten years. That's a classic film. We break it down uh, over an hour, and we sometimes have special guests on. We had Scott Mance on to talk Wrath of Khan. We had uh, we just dropped West Side Story, depending on when this comes out, with a couple of great guests who've been on Broadway and composed music for Broadway to talk about West Side Story. So just great, great stuff. And, and we break it down over an hour, an hour and a half and talk about the film production, its history and the legacy it's left in the history of film. So just a, just a fun time. So yeah, thanks guys so no, much. No problem. And I, and I recommend that, uh, that show Cinephiles with John, because if, if you're, if you're, Watching Roka, and you've seen him on movie fights yelling with Mance, or you've seen him on the Schmodown as the outlaw. Uh, I can attest that that is a fun part of John's personality, but he's got a deep level and layer to him. And it comes out, I think, in things talking about the Force and mm. Force Center and, and breaking down these movies on a on a real, real uh, detail, moment by moment, and uh, motion by motion uh, beep is uh, one of his strengths as well. So please do me a favor and support all of John's stuff and uh, follow him at, at The Roca Says. Uh, Navy Talk Pro Wrestling with him. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. absolutely. Anytime and, you uh, want. <laughs> John and I still got to find a way to talk about wrestling yes. more often. Guys, that is it. That is Star Wars Ranked. We'll see you next time.